You're listening to Syntax, the podcast with the tastiest web development treats out there. Strap yourself in and get ready. Here is Scott Talensky and Wes Boss. Welcome to... <laughs> All right. Welcome to the Halloween edition of Syntax FM. Uh, we have some spooky web dev horror stories. We reached out to you and asked for... Your most disastrous, scary, stick your hole, stick your head in a hole. <laughs> and Scott has a soundboard of spooky sounds. We're going to be going through some awful stories of people losing their databases and uh, accidentally pushing code to production that they shouldn't have. And just some, some really, really hilarious, but also some really like, oof, I hope that never happens to me in my career stories. We are sponsored by two awesome companies, Log, Rocket, and Sanity. We'll talk about them partway through the episode. With me today is Spooky Talinsky. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing good. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am ready for the spooky, spooky episode of Syntax. Uh, we're going to be giving you some lovely campfire stories here. You can just imagine I have a flashlight on my face coming from the underside of it. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I promise I will not be that annoying for the remainder of this, this episode. This one is a bit long. Scott is on the sounds, by the way, so send your tweets to him, not me. Uh, so we've got all kinds of stories. Um, we're going to keep them all anonymous. Uh, uh, most of them were privately sent to me on Twitter DMs, over email. Some of them were just tweeted to me, but uh, out of respect for people's jobs, we won't be saying their names. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're just going to sort of jump into it. Uh, first, Scott has his own disastrous get clean story. You want to start us off with that one and we'll get into it? Yes. This is Scott's disastrous git clean. A young junior developer is learning new git commands, and he takes way too long to realize that he just ran git clean from the root directory of his MacBook Pro. <laughs> he watches in horror as he sees the command line logging out, deleting all of his files as one by one each file disappears like a specter into the night. His quick fingers hit command C just in time to save the computer. But what was lost with some client projects that he could never get back, including some After Effects render files and an After Effects project that he had spent 50 plus hours working on and had to continue building it from scratch. <laughs> and that's how I learned not to run git clean on a non-git directory or just in general. That's what git clean does. It if removes everything from the directory that you're in that's not a part of the current Git repo. And uh, uh, I didn't have a Git repo in that directory, so it just started deleting things. <laughs> really? So you can run Git commands on non-repos? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure. I was very new to Git, so there's a chance Whoa. that uh, I had... Yeah, I was very new. Oh, man. Or there's a chance you might have accidentally created a repo... Yeah. In the root. Like and then just a year run. ago. I've heard of people doing that. They're like, oh, I'm making a new repo. And they're now they don't realize they're in the root folder. Ooh. Yeah. I 
it, it was, it, yeah, it was, it was bad. And it, the After Effects project was very complex. And it was like, I, you know, I had to grind out through the weekend to get it, get it back or to redo it from scratch. And that was just, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, it was a, one of the simple iTerm command D's open up a new tab and, uh, not realize you're not in the current directory. So I've since changed that parameter forever. Yikes. That is spooky. I rate that three out of three pumpkin spooky. <laughs> All right. Next one we have here is magic updates. The gathering. Uh, this is, this is probably one of the best one that I had received. I, I read the email and just the, over the entire weekend, I, was thinking about this story and I told it to my wife and I just can't stop thinking about how awful this would have been to happen to myself. (laughs) So it goes like this. Like all good dev horror stories, this one centers around bad practices. I was a full-time public school teacher at the time, but I was working at a side gig at a local game store. The owner of the store had learned enough PHP over time to build some basic tools for managing our e-commerce site. But since I was a resident techie, I started to learn to code as well and took over a lot of his projects. Unfortunately, since I was learning the job, a lot of generally accepted good ideas got past me. For example, having a development environment. That's right. Everything was edited live in prod. So at this time of the story, we recently had started carrying singles of a new trading card game and we needed those cards to be built onto our website. No problem. I found a fan site for the game and wrote a scraper. So I'm imagining that this is like a Magic the Gathering mm. uh, sort of thing. I ran in, I ran it once and successfully and built all the cards from the set into our database. Great, except I made a mistake and parsed some of the data incorrectly. No big deal. I'll just tweak the scraper and make it run an update statement again against the database. All of our problems will be solved. I fixed the code and started the script and waited for it to finish running. And I kept waiting and I waited some more. Why is it taking so long? I looked at the code to see if I could spot the problem. Alarm bells started going off in my head. I saw the problem immediately. I forgot the where clause in my SQL. I had overwritten every single item in our e-commerce database with the data from a single card. (laughs) Then, And then I continued to loop the process for every other card. The best part about the whole thing... I wasn't actually at the store when I was working on this. In fact, it was the worst possible place in my classroom with 30 kids watching a movie. (laughs) Oh, that class dismissed a few minutes later. So in between classes, I ran into my office and called my boss. To his credit, he was unbelievably calm about it. I told him I would head over straight after work and get to work on it. I wasn't sure, but I would come up with something. That was Friday. Thankfully, I put in 24 hours at the store and by Sunday night through a convoluted process, I was able to rebuild most of the data in the inventory. But what I couldn't rebuild was the stock quantities of Magic the Gathering singles in the store. So just like a bit of a a side here, I've learned that Magic the Gathering, these comic book stores and things like that will often have like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of these cards on file and they have an entire database of of, of what it is that they had. So uh, we had to do that by hand over the next month. How many cards, you ask? Over 100,000 cards. So this guy <laughs> had written, overwritten 100,000 Magic the Gathering oh. entries and they had to redo it over by hand. So oh, once the initial shock blew over, the whole thing turned into a joke. 
I gained, I earned the nickname Where I See. <laughs> That's like an SQL thing uh, from the incident. And I often told people my mistake was actually just my way of establishing job security. I was eventually hired on full time as a manager developer and proud to say I'm no longer developing prod. <laughs> Very spooky. Ah. Yeah, that stinks. Isn't that awful? Can you imagine your heart when you realize that you had overwritten a hundred thousand Magic the Gathering cards and had no backup? In production. Ooh. I'm going to give that one a uh, six candy corn out of six candy corn because that is awful. Yeah, that's candy corn is scary. So uh, I'm also going to I'm going to give that a three candy corn. So that earns the highest candy corn uh, rating that there is. Very spooky. That's like chip your teeth on a an old stale candy corn. <laughs> Boy. All right. Next one we have here is called Yas. So testing a feature uh, to overlay text on map tiles. I decided Yas was the appropriate text. Yes. Forgot I had also just implemented caching. So it saved all of my new tiles to our production S3 tile cache. Clients called asking why all the countries and all of their states said Yas. (laughs) (laughs) So I logged into AWS, went into our cache bucket on S3, deleted everything, and then zoomed up and around the map for a while to recache a bunch of tiles. What bug? You must have been seeing things. <laughs> no bugs. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. This next spooky story is called Token Trouble. There was once a passwordless sign-up system which sent out an email with a password link. This form was not a normal form, no. What was wrong with it, you ask? Well, it did not check the validity of the token. The route you were led down posted the ID of the user, and while this situation was looking quite grim, it gets worse. Not only was this form unvalidated and the token was not checked, because due to decay, none of this code was currently working. So with a loud scream, our hero finds out that the user IDs were actually sequential integers, meaning that anyone... And anyone could hijack any account that they wanted to simply by changing the sequential number of the user ID on the post form. Luckily enough, our hero, he had the tools and he hotfixed this like a carving knife through a pumpkin and all the spooky exploits were put to rest forever. Oh, man, that's. I've, I've seen that before. Like, I remember when, like, the Groupon was a big thing. There was, like, a competitor. And the URL just said, like, coupon ID equals, yeah. like, 400. And I was like, 400? Oh. That seems low. Maybe and coupon I was like, 401. What, what <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I can see the entire address and name of everybody. And then I, I ran a little script. And I was like, yeah, I can see, like, hundreds of them. And I uh, sent them an email and they fixed it, thankfully. But, ooh. Yeah. Spooky. Yeah. I found I found something like that. I forget what it was. It was like a WordPress client form or something. And it 
you know, the, the username was going to be just, you know, your name. And then the passwords were auto generated for you. And it would be like ST 2019. So that way, if you knew the name of any user on the site, you could reasonably just type in their name, then their initials, and then 2019. And they all work. Oh man. That's just how it generated. You're just like, Oh, not so good. Not so good. That's like, it's almost like getting a, when you get an email and your password's just sitting there in plain text in the email. And then you just really regret doing that. You're like, Oh, I should never have given these people. Like I can never use this password ever again for anything. I suppose a lot of these are, uh, cases for getting a password manager. (laughs) No kidding. Uh, next one we have, I'm going to say his name because this is very well known. Um, Adam J. Sontag, back in the days of jQuery, um, Adam was part of the jQuery core team. And he was, the the jQuery plugin registry was dealing with some spam problems where like you could submit, you could submit a plugin to the registry uh, and then they would approve it and put it in the thing. But people were submitting plugins that would like link to these like sketchy plugins that made you pay for them. And it's just a bad experience overall. So like it was both like SEO spamming, but also people like trying to trick users into buying like plugins that they just had repurposed. Um, So uh, Adam was sort of like working on managing all of this and deleting it. And he was in the database one day and he was just deleting uh, some of these these spam things here, and he accidentally deleted the entire plugin registry, Ooh. and the uh, the only backup they had was over a year old, and this was at jQuery's <laughs> heyday when things were changing every single day. Um, so they they put up this blog post basically and said like, look, uh, the plugins registry is is gone. Um, <laughs> we deleted it. Sorry about that, um, but. And it wasn't really all that good anyway. Um, and they had they rebuilt it on on Git and GitHub where you could do it. And actually, it was it was kind of nice because it, it just kind of cleared out all the cruft and all of the good ones immediately made their way back into the registry. <laughs> um, and then that was a, a huge push for people to move to using like npm and package managers and things like that instead of of uh, the old way that we were doing it. So can you imagine deleting like the jQuery, the most popular JavaScript framework? probably ever, especially at the time, and everybody uses plugins, and then you just accidentally deleted all of the links to all of the plugins, and what do you do right there? (laughs) That reminds me of the GitLab thing. Do you remember the GitLab one? No. What was it? Uh, Let me Google this really quick. GitLab uh, deleted their database part of it, like a huge part of their database. Oh, yeah. It was like a engineer. Oh yeah. GitLab database. And yes, I could almost read this one. Uh, (laughs) Yesterday we had a serious incident with one of our databases. We lost six hours of database data, including issues, merge request, users, comments, snippets, and more from GitLab.com. Yeah, they were gone. Uh, They got lost. Uh, There's this whole thing. Maybe I'll post a link to this in the description, considering this isn't necessarily a, uh, a spooky story that was submitted to us, but this is a spooky story and you got to feel really bad for uh, whoever goofed that one up because those kind of things, they just happen as we have seen, you know, it's, it's uh, you got to be careful, but at the same regard, you know, everybody makes mistakes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, everybody, if you hate the soundboard, because I love it. Next one is going to be success. There was a time when I wrote the word success. 
to a file in production to the tune of nine gigabytes. That's a lot of success. <laughs> Some people work their whole careers for that much success, and uh, he is able <laughs> to pull it out in what probably was a couple of seconds. After that, folks always trolled me for putting success in my work. Our IT and QA team had no idea we were running, <laughs> why we were running out of disk space. <laughs> success. <laughs> Filled with success. I, yeah, that's great. Uh, that's that's exactly what can happen if you just leave a console log success in. <laughs> yes, <you're> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Success. Success. <laughs> These uh, stories are, are quite spooky. I am beginning to question my own reality and my own sanity. One of our sponsors today is Sanity at sanity.io. <laughs> and uh, Sanity is fantastic. Let me tell you that. And Wes, I know you have some uh, new things to talk about with Sanity. Do you want to give those a uh, give those a whirl? So sanity.io is a structured content CMS. So basically what that means is that you you can go and you can... NPM install the Sanity and you can create this sort of CMS. It will, it's really cool. It'll all run locally. It's not like you have to go to the uh, the website and, and create it there. And then you can push that all of your, your fields and all of your relational data to Sanity. Um, and, and then what that will do is it'll start up this little interface where that will allow you to um, edit all of your content. You can use your own React components with a lot of their content, which is pretty nifty. Um, and then they just got like a lot of like helpful features that you don't necessarily have to build. Like uh, image resizing and cropping, and you can choose where the thing crops around, like someone's face, something like that. Pretty, pretty cool. Check it out at sanity.io forward slash syntax. Build your next Gatsby, Nuxt, Next, whatever whatever it is you're trying to build, try it with a Sanity backend. Thanks so much to Sanity for sponsoring. Yes. I think that's fantastic because as developers, we like to just like be in our code, you know? You like to just yeah. hang out in your code. So uh, being able to work on that locally and not having to be uh, always in a UI is is super cool. Yeah, and like not to mention just like version control, yeah, the oh, yeah, and stuff right, like that. Right, that's all a huge problem. All those problems we just talked about with WordPress. Yeah, yeah, cool. So next one is parental advisory. This one's pretty good. <laughs> I started my first software development job out of college a few months ago at a mid-sized company doing educational management software. About a month ago, I was working on a bug for a fix a notification feature that sends letters to parents informing them if they qualify for free or reduced lunches. Obviously very sensitive information. <laughs> I was new and didn't know the code base that well just yet. And when my boss let me know they really needed this fix done soon and our QA person was gone for the day, I still wasn't very confident in it and it was totally working, but not wanting to let my boss down, I said, sure, it's ready. <laughs> <laughs> Why Those not? are some famous last words. About two days later, the team gets an email from the project manager informing us that the school district had sent out letters, but instead of sending one to each parent, they had sent every letter to every parent <laughs> full of sensitive oh. information. Uh, as a parent, I'm very horrified right now. I immediately knew my change was the problem and I had a pit in my stomach. Thankfully, my manager quickly reverted the change, but apparently the customers were furious. <laughs> Understandably. It gets worse. Oh, it does. 
The next day, the whole development department, 20 people or so, got an invite with a random meeting with the CEO. I knew exactly what it was about. So I sat down in a chair, and by chance, when the CEO arrived, he took to the last empty seat, which was directly next to me. That's for sure the coworkers leaving that yes, seat open. Right, they knew. Everybody knew. Uh, everybody is like, is like that seat is toxic. All right, we don't want to sit. We don't want to sit by this person. Uh, so for the next two hours, I had to sit with my entire department while the CEO ranted about how he got chewed out all day by customers or parents because of my bug and a few things related to my bug. <laughs> More things related to the bug. I, I don't <laughs> he did know a few if, other things. Yeah, just didn't let those out, but they're they're there. I don't know if my boss told our CEO I caused the bug, but everyone on my team knew it was me. I was mortified. I saw my software career flash before my eyes. After that, I did not get fired. And things just kind of carried on as usual. But boy, was I anticipating starting a new job search in the next coming days. And that's that. Yeah, that stinks. That is, uh, that's scary. I would be absolutely sweating uh, profusely. I would just be feeling downright awful. Oh, <laughs> the, the email ones are awful because if you send an email out to many thousands of people, like let alone you just sent private information, but you can't stop it. Like it's the emails are sent and you probably get emails and calls from people for the next two days being like, hey, did you know that this is happening? Like I've certainly done that before, even just a, a spelling mistake in one of my emails. Then I buckle up for the next week of getting emails from people saying like, hey, did you know you spelled this word wrong? And uh, it's awful. There's no way to like, go back and change it. At least with the website, you can get it up and running again or or change whatever it is is on the website. So they'll stop. Yeah, that is like super, super scary. Just not like it's like seeing the train go down the tracks and you're just like, oh, this is going to fall off the bridge and I can't do anything about it. <laughs> uh, I've got another one here called Students Changing Grades. Uh, this is from Anonymous, who's everybody. Uh, catching A caching bug in prod had users receiving permissions of the user before them, which is off by one. Thousands of students click to see their grades. But if you have teacher's permission, you get the teacher's grade book. Not only could you see everybody's grades, but you could change them too. And they did. Everybody changed their grades right back. They were probably just curious to see if they could, except a few of them left them changed. I think that is bananas because off by one bugs, this is the perfect example of what is an off by one bug. It's if you have an array and you're trying to look up something or if you're looping over something and the reference to what you have is the reference of the last iteration of the loop, not this one. That's what off by one bug is. And that is a nightmare. In the new update to contract. <laughs> that is scary. Uh, this next one is going to also, this one's not called parental advisory, but this one will have a little bit of a parental advisory. This story is called Lorem Some. This story is hardcore, you see. Uh, the site was built on something called Sitecore and featured a landing page with a few interactive custom pieces. Like a ghost, our hero was testing a feature to show and hide content, making content vanish and then reappear right before our very eyes. There was a bug giving our hero a bit of and needing to think quick, our hero used some random text throughout their work. Although 
he made a grave mistake. Now, what was this mistake? <laughs> well, he seemed to have shit on the brain because he decided to use the random text of Nick face. Uh, of course, naturally, that that's what you would choose, right? With swift action, he squashed the bug. Everything was working. And well, you know, with limited QA, I think actually that might be the um, lesson for a lot of these stories is the words limited or no QA seems <laughs> seems to be a big clients limited to no QA. Yeah, that that is a, a frequent occurrence in these stories. Well, with limited QA, this stain would see itself all the way into the hearts and minds of 15,000 users and generated a <laughs> staggering amount of emails demanding that <laughs> emic face be removed from the website at once. Our hero was left to admit their mistake in front of an entire office simply by raising his hand <laughs> to say, yes, it was me. And uh, he had, you know, he had no one to blame for this stinky situation but himself. Needless to say, they have switched to a lorem ipsum generator. But some throughout the halls still tell tales of shitty McFace and the mess that he left behind. <laughs> Never put swear words when you're debugging. Never put swear do words that. in anything. They always, this always happens. I do it. I do it. And I've, I've accidentally pushed them into production before. And I've learned the hard way as well. I have some in production right now that are not user facing. So this is actually funny. I took a screenshot of some of my code on Instagram and people were cracking up that I have a uh, mutation, a GraphQL mutation named bullshit in my code. <laughs> and they're like, well, what is this bullshit mutation? Well, I work, my site's in Meteor currently. I'm actually moving off of it. But uh, the <laughs> this is hilarious. I when you log in as a user, it's done through a WebSocket and through a, uh, just a standard request, right? Well, my whole system's in GraphQL except for that login. So I really needed a way to refetch specific queries uh, on that thing. And, and since Apollo doesn't provide any sort of just refetch queries method or anything, what I did is I created a state mutation that does nothing. It just It's a function that returns null and it's an empty state mutation. And that way I can just run that bullshit state mutation and then cause a refetch of specific queries or run cache updates uh, on that, even though it's not a GraphQL function. And so I wanted to get that explainer out because people were like, what is this bull thing you have got going on in your code? Uh, that's it. It's just a little workaround, a little bullshit, but it's going to be gone. So sadly, it's uh, no longer with us. Next one we have is I like to call drowning in a waterfall. And this is not really a mistake, but it's just a scary client to have to work for. So the entire admin tool only worked because of 35 script tags loaded in a waterfall. So what does that mean? You have a script tag that has to load um, and be parsed before the next one can be downloaded and be parsed and that and like et cetera, et cetera. Um, and scripts further further down the stack had hidden dependencies on async things done in the first script. Change the script order, breaking everything. Minim minify and concatenate, break everything. Even just looking at the terrifyingly long list of script tags broke the list, broke the site. Oh, and uh, did I mention that every page did this and all shared all of the JavaScript or all of the files were served by an Apache Tomcat for God knows why. So changing any file meant a 30 second restart of the server. <laughs> 
that's when we find the waterfall problem. Tomcat was serving everything on the page, so requests were deeply queued. Moving the script tags to another port meant that the waterfall changed, which concurrent uh, with concurrent requests to both servers, so deeply broken, I want to cry. Mm. <laughs> mm. That sounds like JavaScript that had been added on to for years and years and years and years. And it's all dependent on things, just assuming things that are loaded before it. And uh, thankfully, modules and, and things like that have, have solved these problems. But that, that certainly was an issue uh, before we had any sort of modules in the browser or even like something like common JS. Yeah, it's fun. It's funny that uh, these things totally exist. If you've ever worked in an agency and like maybe you're the first, like you're the newest uh, member on the team, like you're, you're giving the project and they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, there's like there's like 25 different CSS files in this and they all kind of override each other in this weird way. But you can add this one or this one or whatever. But uh, just if you're going to make something new, just add a bunch of new classes and copy and paste. I've had that same situation where like all of a sudden you get the project that everybody's been like avoiding touching for all this time because they've had it for, you know, 10 years and nobody wants to rewrite it from scratch. Man, uh, th those stories scare me. This one scares me in particular because I used to do a lot of um, Magento. So this one coming up is called Magento Upgrades, which is honestly a scary enough title in its own. It doesn't need any embellishment if you've ever worked in Magento. I've had more white screens during an, uh, uh, like a simple version update on Magento than literally any other platform. Okay, <laughs> so this story is September 2018. Me to the new client. You should update to Magento 2.3, CIO. We need a year to that. We need a year to do that. We're still on 1.7.2. <laughs> Actually, even the jump from 2 to 1 is, sounds awful to me. September 2019. They haven't even started. So it's going to take them one year from when they start. <laughs> uh, Magento 1.7 is from what year? But 2012. Uh, security. Performance costs. In fact, I've worked in Magento 1.7 and uh, I cannot imagine continuing to work in Magento 1.7. So I hats off to you for putting up with that. But that right there is all you got to tell me for a scary story is um, upgrading Magento. <laughs> and his name is John C. <laughs> Did you ever uh, listen to that prank call with the John Cena prank call? Yeah. Oh, oh that God. is hilarious. Yeah. Look up John Cena prank call. Might be the funniest prank call I've ever heard in my entire life. And I, I could listen to that maybe a hundred times and still find it to be funny. So funny. I do that. I just, after I heard that, I just walked around my house being like, and his name is John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the reason why we just played that is because <laughs> I can't even read this one. I was laughing so hard at this. I had to show my wife. I can tell the ones that I told my wife about are the, the most hilarious. So customer called complaining that when using our application every few hours, he would be blasted <laughs> with full screen John Cena. <laughs> so hold on. Imagine you're just chilling working on a corporate app, something like that, and you have... And his name is John C. <laughs> oh, so, my God. After a few minutes of giggling, we kind of already knew he had Cenify, which is a Chrome extension, uh, installed on his browser. Um, the customer checked extensions and promptly called out his coworkers. 
<laughs> oh my God. So uh, I think the lessons that we're learning here is one, Q&A, and two, uh, Chrome extensions that are goofy. You got to like not use those in your dev environments. Or... Yes. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, man. Uh, let's let's do log rocket. Man, these are great. We have tons left. Yeah, these scary stories are making me just want to leave this planet. And if I do, I would leave so in a log rocket. And log rocket is Whoa. the service that allows you to leave this planet to a higher. Uh, you're going to ascend to a new planet where everybody knows their bugs and they can see the answers immediately because what log rocket gives you is a session replay and if you've ever used any sort of error tracking uh tool you'll know that you could get a lot of information uh, that is exactly what you need but you don't always know exactly what the user did to cause the bug so what log rocket does Besides working with your existing tools like Sentry and everything else, any of your platforms that you could potentially use, LogRocket gives you a session replay where you can literally watch a video of the user clicking around on the site and see the thing as they click the thing and the other thing breaks all of a sudden. And not only that, but you can check out their console log. You can look at their errors. You can look at their network activity. You can look at their Redux store. You can see all of that and more just in a simple video being able to scrub through it. This is like next level bug tracking software. If you want to ascend to a higher level of bug finding, hop on that log rocket at logrocket.com forward slash syntax. You're going to get 14 days for free, 14 days, uh, so that you can eliminate any spooky bugs in your code. And his name is John C. All right, give me another spooky one. Spooky. This one's good. Migration migraine. Deep in the heart of Texas. A large, well-known plumbing company was about to get the fright of their lives. Something so <laughs> spooky that it would cause their drains to declog. They demanded super fast work and didn't want to pay for these fancy things like a proper environment for staging or Q's or A's. No, they don't want Q's or A's. Neither Q's nor A's. No. So soon enough, they would learn their mistake as a client services sold them on the idea that they could build the entire site within the admin editor. And for those of you who don't know, the admin editor is editing PHP code on the browser in production into the oh. database. Oh. So after four grueling days of finger tapping, nearly destroying the very keyboards that created the code, our hero was hacking and slashing through the work like a machete. Things were looking clean and the sun was coming out. But just then, a page refresh and poof, it's all gone. <laughs> the entire site was gone. It was all of the updates. They were gone. They were missing. The plumbing company's admin had actually wiped the slate clean by migrating to an older version of the database by, ironically enough, a plugin. Get it? Drano plugin plumber. Ah. Their plugs. Eh, eh. Everything was gone. And I mean everything. All of the hard work our hero had done was gone. Of course, we know how clients are. The plumbers denied having any responsibility for this clog in the workflow. And our hero was left to start over from square one. A long weekend indeed. 
Oh man. The things like that just make me, if you ever have a client that goofs around with stuff like that, you just set up like hourly backups or something like that. Yeah. Just to, just to save yourself. Cause like, Ooh, awful. That sounds bad. Yeah. Next one we have is called the primary key nightmare. This one is gold. I work for a large financial institution that shall stay nameless. Last Ooh. year, I found a bug where you could edit the page source when retrieving your monthly e-statement. If you changed it to somebody else's account number, voila, their statement became yours to download. The account number was used as a key to retrieve the backend service. Oh, that is a major goof up. Oh, it's funny. Like you think like your bank has good security, things like that. And sometimes it's not at all. No, this is, this is, that's your bank right here. They don't care. Okay. This spooky story is called the $20,000 YAML formatter. <laughs> you got the words $20,000 in the title. You know, it's going to be good. Here's a story about an auto formatting Front matter. I was working on an e-commerce client's site during my first dev job and edited their products page. A simple request that only required the change of the front matter. Uh, for those of you who don't know, front matter is like the bit of metadata uh, that um, gives information about a particular page. No problem. Well, I saved quickly and pushed it to their store, just like I had done a million times before. I checked out the category when it was pushed and all was cool. I didn't go to check on the live store because I got a call from another client. Mistake number one. Yeah, that is, that happens. Uh, four hours later, I get a call about why the site, which had made you about $20,000 a day, uh, had gone down. <laughs> so, uh, four hours? To, yeah, that was 20000 a That's a spicy meatball right there. Uh, well, I made some support calls and uh, called the client a bunch and I, I couldn't figure it out. Finally, at the end of the day, I had forgotten that I had turned on my HTML format on save for a project I was working on earlier. It had indented the YAML. And those of you who don't know, YAML has the indentation rule. Like it has to be indented a certain way, like Python or some other languages, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, it had accidentally indented the YAML. Uh, when I made the change, pretty much all of the YAML was then invalidated. Luckily, they were cool about it. How? How are they cool about it? How would that? Like, I would not be cool about that. Uh, even though they didn't quite understand the technical aspects. Good times! Exclamation point. Also, if anyone knows how to ignore YAML in HTML files when formatting on save, that would be rad. I couldn't <laughs> find anything that works. LOL. Please use the name Smokey. Okay, Smokey. I should have read this in a much smokier voice. Oh, man. That's awful. That's it's funny because like that's something that you didn't do, but your code is there and you have these robots that format your code and they accidentally do something like that. And ideally that would go through a like an approval or or even just like a some sort of CI, right? But like that's ideally a lot of a lot of people are just kind of cowboying it and doing quick little changes here and yeah. there. And before you know it, the thing crashes and burns. Yeah. I mean, that that seems like a, um, I mean, there there are some legitimate common threads throughout these. And of course, they are 
uh, cowboy coding. Yeah. Which is where you're just editing live on the server, which, you know, we all have kind of done uh, at some point in our careers, whether or not we wanted to or not. Maybe it was a demand from the client. Uh, bad Q&A or no Q&A at, at all. Browser extensions. Um, just general missteps here and there, but these things are hilarious. We have a lot more for you. I think we're going to have to do a second episode, uh, but I, <laughs> these stories crack me up because they're so relatable on so many levels, but at the same time, you just feel so bad and you just cringe for the things that have happened. All right, let's move into some sick picks. So it, like like Scott said, we'll do the rest uh, in a, a coming episode. Just we've got some off some really good ones coming up here and uh, we'll do some sick picks now and catch you in the next one. I'm going to sick pick a subreddit called absolute units. This is a hilarious uh, subreddit of things that are big. So (laughs) something like a a carrot or somebody who is 300 pounds and just Jack, like, have you seen this, the guy, the mountain? Do you know who this? Yes, I've seen the mountain. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, Besides game of Thrones, which I know you, you didn't watch. Uh, he was a he was an actor in Game of Thrones, but we, we watched the um, the strongman competitions, the world's strongest man, just to see him go like throw around some giant bricks and just like toss them up man. in the air. The dude is unreal. If you just Google the mountain holding a mug, it just looks <laughs> like he's holding like a kid's mug. It's so tiny, and so this subreddit is just full of absolute units. Uh, so anything that is larger than it normally should be. And I find it very amusing. Check it out. Nice. My uh, sick pick. I always thinking about this because, you know, sick picks, they got to be these things that genuinely uh, make our lives better. You know, like a, a subreddit full of absolute units. Right. I mean, that makes our lives better. And so one of the things I was using the other day that I realized I've never sick picked, but I've had for a couple of years. And uh, it's kind of ridiculous how much this thing has enriched my life. Uh, this is this Dyson cord free vacuum and like, Oh yeah. So vacuums, I, I bought it at Costco a while ago. There's, you know, a whole bunch of different ones in the same class of vacuum. But the idea here is just, it's, it's like a little, uh, whichever one you get, they're all awesome. You, you plug it in, it charges up, hangs on the wall and it has a billion attachments and it's this super light little, it looks like a, it looks like a dust buster for those of you who've ever had dust busters, but there's a long tube on the end too. So we use this thing as our standard vacuum because we don't have a robot vacuum and it's just awesome. I use it every single day. Uh, we have an old house that generates a lot of dust. So we use this thing absolute 24 seven to uh, vacuum just about anything, but you, you swap out the tube and you're not vacuuming the floor anymore, but you're, you know, vacuuming uh, the dust off a thing here and there. The battery lasts forever. It is super powerful. How long does the battery last? Cause I see them all the time used and they say it runs for two minutes and obviously oh, it's, yeah. it's probably like, like really old. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could swap the battery. Like, what is it when it's good? I don't know. There's, um, when it's good, it's enough to clean the whole house. Longer than you need it. Longer than you need it. And then, um, unless of course you turn on the, like the hyper power mode or whatever, and then it's done in like very, not that long because like there's like a super power mode, which I never use anyways. Uh, but this thing is just fantastic. I've, I've been using it for years now, a couple of years. I think we probably have, they're like at V11. I think we probably have the the V6 or something like that, but it's great. It's fantastic. It's, it's super nice, super easy. So if you don't, if you're in need of a vacuum cleaner and you want to not get a robot one, this one is where to go. Go to Costco because they have a, a decent price on it too. 
Cool. Let's move into some shameless plugs. I'm going to plug all of my courses, westboss.com forward slash courses. You can grab yourself a free course or a paid course or whatever it is. Use a coupon code syntax for 10 bucks off anything that is on there, except for the freed ones. You can't get 10 bucks off free. That's how it works. What about you, Scott? Uh, I'm going to be plugging my course that comes out tomorrow. It is going to be full stack react with Next.js 9, and it uses uh, the new Next.js API routes. And this course is pretty dang jam-packed full of content. It's not a beginner's course, but it's also not like too daunting. What we do is we're building like a habits tracking app, and we set it up with a GraphQL API via Apollo, Apollo server. We set it up with a database using MongoDB. And then we use React on the front end. And what you get is a server-side rendered site. You get all of this running out of one repo using Next.js's API routes. So your entire Apollo API, it runs out of a single folder within your Next.js application. It's pretty dang sweet. So check it out. It's going to be available October 31st on leveluptutorials.com. You can sign up to become a pro today and get access to that course and more. Beautiful. We should do a show on Next.js routes. I think it's pretty cool how they work. Big fan. Oh yeah, dude. I'm. I'm. Uh, the new the new version of Level Up Tutorials is built using the uh, API routes in Next Nine. Yeah. And uh, like I just, it, it's the perfect thing I needed for moving from Meteor because my whole API was already out of one folder within Meteor, and like the fact yeah. that I could basically just remove the Meteor stuff and point. Uh, the next JS application essentially to one file, and that's all I needed to do to migrate it was like pretty darn amazing. So, uh, and this is going to give me a lot more control over my containers and stuff. So I'm pretty psyched about it. Wow, that's awesome. All right, well, let's wrap it up here, and we will catch you in the next one for some more spooky Ooh, stories. Spooky stories. Peace. Peace. Head on over to Syntax.fm for a full archive of all of our shows. And don't forget to subscribe in your podcast player or drop a review if you like this show. 